Welcome to the Straight to the Point podcast. Hi, my name is Bo Crable. I am an Amazon seller investor, and I've been lucky enough to be mentored by several millionaire business icons at a very young age, and I took action on their advice. This podcast is all about providing you with the right knowledge to succeed in the online retail business and grow your personal wealth to your maximized potential. Let's get right into it. Dealing with wholesalers, distributors, and suppliers for selling on Amazon. Hey, it's Bo Crable here. And what I want to talk about in this podcast episode is really the kind of the stereotypes behind suppliers, how to deal with them, how to interact with them, and just practically everything you need to understand in the engagement, the human interaction with a supplier. Um, and this this podcast episode is so important because the first thing I want to get across in this episode that there is no magic supplier. And my people comment on my YouTube videos all the time saying, Bo, you know, you're teaching us so much about selling Amazon, but you're you're not you're not telling me how to find suppliers. Well, I mean, there's various reasons for that because I understand, you know, I provide lots of those uh, methods of finding suppliers in my trainings and programs. I actually share a couple of my book that I just came out with, The Secret Sell on Amazon. But there's so much more than just finding suppliers. People think that, you know what, if I can just find this magic little button that's a supplier that's going to have super profitable products, I'm going to make a bunch of money, which in reality, it's so, so backwards with that. Um, I guarantee that if you give me a supplier, I'm going to squeeze the most amount of profits with them when in reality, you may never even, you may have lost money with them. Or I may even give you one of my suppliers and you're not even going to make any money with them because you don't know how to interact with them. You don't know how they work. They don't. You don't know how they operate. You don't know if they're a distributor or if they're a wholesaler or they're a manufacturer or maybe they're a sub-distributor or maybe they're a broker, which all of those things right there, which I'm going to talk about in this podcast, that is going to be totally different how you interact with them. So first off, let me kind of break down some stereotypes of suppliers. Now, a lot of people think, you know, suppliers don't want to deal with small uh, Amazon sellers. They don't even want to deal with Amazon sellers. They just want to deal with brick and mortar stores. That some suppliers, they need you to see a huge credibility of all this stuff. Now, many suppliers are different. There are, I would like to kind of break suppliers in three different categories. Category number one is the supplier that has absolutely no nothing about anything. Uh, this is actually sometimes one of my most favorite suppliers where, you know, they have good connections. They're pretty typical. They sell to brick and mortar stores. They don't really sell to a lot of online sellers. And they just, you know, you're willing to buy stuff, they're willing to sell it to you. Those are kind of my favorite type of suppliers where it's just, you know, ignorance is kind of bliss. They don't really know much. Then there's some suppliers that kind of, you know, really old school, meaning that they're just afraid of anything online. They don't deal with Amazon sellers. And typically those suppliers, they're going down, down, down. Many of those suppliers are actually considered direct distributors that are buying directly from the manufacturer. People ask me all the time, like they think sometimes what I do is flawed because I don't buy directly from the manufacturer. Okay, cool. Neither does Best Buy. Neither does GameStop. Neither does Walmart. You going to go tell them that their business is flawed? Walmart, the biggest company on the planet by revenue. Now, why people think that you buy direct from manufacturers means more money, means the better direct line. No, read the book that um, Business at the Speed of Thought by Bill Gates. He talks about this and then why having lots of competition in the marketplace throughout the distribution channel leads to lower cost, where there may be a supplier, a distributor that bought it from another vendor manufacturer that lowers the cost because of economics and just how things work. Either way, I'm not going to get into that, but that's that's another type of supplier is, you know, kind of really old school that has, they're just really stingy and they're just, you know, not open to anything. Then I would say the third type of suppliers, there's not, a, you know, they're more to go around. They're more rare. And I guess if people found this type of supplier, you may consider it the magic supplier. But again, there's no magic supplier. There's no magic button. 
are suppliers that are really open towards, actually, there's going to be a fourth of a bonus one, but these suppliers that are open towards Amazon sellers, most of their business is still brick and mortar, and they're adapting. If they're willing to adapt, you know, this type of supplier, right? If you're interacting with them, and if they do what is best for you, you have kind of gold right there. Um, the fourth kind of, I guess, bonus is not, I mean, are suppliers that are targeting specifically just Amazon sellers, I would actually stay away with those um, vendors. Those ones are typically not the best. They're dealing just with Amazon sellers. Um, it just economically makes no sense to do that. Competition-wise, it's extremely awful. So if they're, you know, marketing towards just Amazon sellers, like now if they're marketing towards just Amazon sellers, that's fine. If they most all their revenue is done through Amazon sellers, they may be a little cautious there. Anyway, those are the three types of what kind of stereotypes of suppliers. Now, getting to some common traits about suppliers. Now, the reason why this is so important is because you're gonna the whole goal behind this podcast episode is for you to start to understand how to interact with suppliers. People ask me what makes me the most amount of money. I would say building relationships. No, either that's building relationships with my employees. How I got started off with building relationships in business was simply directly just with suppliers. And I talk about all the time that the better relationship you can build, the lower you can get on your cost of goods. The lower cost you can get on your cost of goods, the more money you can make. I didn't realize this until really over the past year when really my biggest skill has been building relationships. And I started noticing it with employees. I started noticing it with business partners very quickly too. Now, building relationships also does not mean I just, um, what do you want to say, like uh, suck up to people, not at all. I'm actually really harsh on some people because I want them out of my business, want them out of my life as soon as possible. So it's really kind of more dealing with people, interacting with people. And really what I would say, building relationships, what I define it as is figuring out ways where it's a win-win situation for everybody. So if I can give value, X amount of value to my supplier and they give it back to me and it actually both grows us at a steady rate for the long term, that's what I really consider building a relationship. So either that be with employees, you know, teaching them the right tools and trades and keep growing, keep them satisfied, right? So many different things. But a couple of stereotypes about suppliers is a lot of them are very protective in the ways of they're not going to lose. You can almost call this like a, you know, kind of like at a car dealership, right? I think there's a lot of common traits with car dealerships. And with suppliers. Now, a lot of them, it's because their sales reps probably used to be a car salesman anyway. But at a, you know, the reason why I know about the car dealerships is actually um, before I got my dad to quit his job and actually when my parents worked together, they're pretty much in the car industry for the longest time. So I know quite a bit about the car industry. I know absolutely nothing about cars, but I know about the economics and the finance and the profitability behind it all. And with cars, they're typically always going to make money. Because there's a lot of ways that come about this. Now, the have you ever heard, you know, if you ever gone to a car dealership or, you ever, or if you're actually an Amazon seller and you're buying products from distributors, have you ever heard them say, oh, this is at my cost? Or, you know, we're giving you a really deal, you know, we're pretty much making no money on this. We're actually losing money on this. Now, the reason why a lot of these, you know, sales reps say this, a big stereotype behind it is because they're not necessarily wrong where it might be their cost, meaning that they were told, hey, uh, Joe, supplier, uh, don't sell below $22. Your cost is $22, which what that means in reality is means that if they sell it lower than $22, they're not going to make as much money. $22 is the price that they're going to sell it. And that's going to be the money that they make. 
So there's that. Now, there's other times where they literally are selling at their cost. But a couple of times what people don't understand is they're getting a rebate from the manufacturer. So in the car industry, it happens all the time where if they sell a certain amount of cars or they sell a certain amount of new cars or they sell even a certain amount of motor oil, that they get a kickback from the manufacturer. So that's how a lot of that works. And the same exact process in the wholesale and distribution space. So a lot of stereotypes you'll get from suppliers is they will really try to be very um, protective, meaning that they're always going to make a profit. So if you try to really negotiate a nickel and dime, and if you fall into the trap of saying, oh, this is at our cost, don't do that. Right? It might be their cost, but the, their cost is still profitable. So that's one thing I want to talk about right now. Uh, the second thing I want to talk about is they are not your enemy. A lot of people think for some crazy reason is that in business and money, and maybe, you know, I really like this podcast because of this. I kind of have these conversations, you know, with myself and with you, the listener, as well. But I think a lot of this, I don't think of this as like, you know, people making money as the enemy because I've been young and I've, you know, haven't been screwed over too much in my life. You know, I have been with a couple of business partners, but I've always just strived for having to be a win-win situation. A lot of the money I've made has been purely independent of me just, you know, selling products by myself or just running my entire business by myself. So when people are getting into selling Amazon, maybe they're coming over from a job or coming or still operating your job. And I'm actually about to upload a podcast episode or record another one about how to you know operate an Amazon business while having a job. Is I'll notice that people think that it's just typically a win lose situation, which is really, 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 really awful as running an Amazon business because if you're thinking it's a win lose situation, that's not how you think. Anything as an investor. Investors are simply thinking as how do we keep growing? You know, if there's an owner of, you know, apartment building that has like 30 units and the owner of the apartment building, you know, they bought it a million dollars and they sold it to two million, they're sell- the person they sold it to two million, that person's going to hope that it's a win-win situation that the person on the back and makes money and then they go build it bigger and sell it off and whatever it is. So in the whole distribution space, understand that it should be a win-win situation. Now, I've had, you know, some pretty scary stories where I've actually had, you know, um, I've actually had people who've bought into my programs before and they decided to set up a wholesale business and they were not setting up a wholesale business in regards for a win-win situation. They're setting up as a win-lose situation that they were trying to go scam people and make a quick dollar. Those people don't stay in business. So with suppliers that have been in business for such a long time, they're not going to continue to stay in business if it's not a win-win situation. So when you're operating your Amazon business to kind of combat that is just go off in numbers. Don't try to really be afraid of that supplier. Just look at the numbers, what profits make sense of them. I mean, that's the, really the biggest thing. Don't get emotional. That's not really the biggest thing. But one of the things that you really want to focus on is don't get emotional when you're with your supplier. Now, build a relationship with them. But don't get emotional. Now, if you are afraid of communicating with suppliers or feel like you can't even talk to them, let me give you a story about actually one of my very first uh, students, Albert. So I was in Las Vegas, the ASD trade show. This must have been, this was summer of 2017. So at this time, um, I was barely online. I was not really on YouTube that much. I just started my YouTube channel. It's a couple months old. But there's a student of mine named Albert. And I met him at the ASD trade show. He was coming with a, you know, a business partner of his. And he was just telling me how he was super afraid, just just red-eyed, just afraid to talk to suppliers. I'm like, what, what are you afraid about? Like, you can talk to me with no issues, and you're super talkative all the time. I'm like, what's your deal? Like, I mean, I'm an introvert, and I have no deal. Like, you talking to suppliers. 
And I was like, do this. Albert, do this. You see those people over there? It's like, yeah, yeah, those look like um, those look like suppliers that I'm never going to deal with. Like, okay, great. Talk to them and talk to 15 other people that you don't want to talk to, that you're probably never going to do business with. And just do that. Just, you go up to them and start having a conversation. And he did that. He did that. And by the end of the day at the show, he said, I don't know why, but I literally feel like an expert now. I feel like I know what I'm doing and I can really talk to suppliers. So sometimes it really just takes practice, right? So when you're dealing with suppliers, practice does make perfect. The more times you communicate, more times even can communicate through email or getting on the phone um, is super crucial. Uh, now, one thing to also assume, it's kind of contradict a little bit, is also assume that the people in your supplier's business, the warehouse people are not the smartest. Assume that. Now, here's why. I would say really the best way for you to really make more money by building a relationship with suppliers is by you know helping them out, by showing them how you're looking at deals. Right now, we're at a really interesting time in history as suppliers are dealing with 70%, 80% of their business is brick and mortar, and the other percentage is still now e-commerce stores. And the issue with a lot of the e-commerce stores, why I think it's not growing as fast, I mean, it's growing immensely, crazy fast. Amazon's growing by 30% a year, is I think some people could grow faster if they just communicate with their vendors on how they're researching deals, how they're getting across products. Because that's what you know, brick and mortar stores would always do. They would say, hey, we need these products in store. Here's why. Can you find this? Can you find this type of deal? You know, our customers in our store need this. And the beautiful thing about Amazon is you don't see what just your customers are looking for. You can see what 310 million customers are looking for. You can look at the data on Amazon. So the more you can communicate with your vendors, the more you can communicate with your suppliers, the more you can do. That was a little tangent I just went off of. But what the point I want to make is to get back to is assume that the warehouse people at your suppliers business, is not, they are not the smartest. Because when you make an order, what I would really suggest doing is because a lot of these people, what they're used to doing is just shipping it to people's retail stores. And then they go check it out. So now they go check out the products and they go say, hey, you know, these were wrong. Can you go send them back in? Now, the issue with an online seller is when you're shipping directly from your supplier to Amazon. And if your supplier messes up, which eventually they're going to. But if you can assume that, you know, the warehouse people are not the smartest and then, you know, you kind of protect yourself to make sure they don't make mistakes, um, then that's protect yourself. For example, I was actually meeting up with one of my suppliers of mine in Miami. And I was in Miami because I was doing an event. I was just doing with some other suppliers and actually I made an order with them the day before and they were about to ship them out. I said, Hey, no, no big deal. I'll just pick them up in person. And, um, I'm actually going to ship out a couple of them on eBay and FBM. So leave a few back. So there's like some Nintendo DS products. So he kept them back. He didn't ship them out to Amazon yet because I want to ship some for FBM and eBay. It wasn't a crazy amount of units. And I picked up the products and I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Are these the right ones? He's like, yeah, yeah, these are the right ones. I'm like, these are not the ones we ordered. He's like, no, no, you ordered this one. I'm like, no, we did not. And for some crazy reason, um, our supplier just gave us the wrong products. You know, they were similar because I was interested. I was like, well, why is there a $160 profit margin on like an $80 uh, console? And I had him confirm several times, like, is this the right UPC code? Is this the right picture? And he just picked up the wrong one. So what I do with this now is I print up all my suppliers you know, send me over uh, pictures of them. Now, that's a very rare case, but that can definitely happen. Now, again, the last point I want to make throughout this podcast is there is no magic supplier. 
So how I want to communicate this with you is I believe suppliers are kind of like lemons. And this may be a very interesting metaphor. But they're like lemons because have you ever had a lemon and it's too early, you know, you picked it too early or it's in the grocery store and it's really hard and you can't squeeze a lot out of it? You know, with that, that means, you know, you're not cultivating the lemon enough. It's, it did not mature enough on the tree. You did not deal, you did not water enough, right? Now, there's some lemons where, you know, they're ripe, they're perfect timing. You can just squeeze it right away, squeeze a lot of juice out of it. And then you could also make lemonade with it. You could also go plant another lemonade tree. You know, you can get the seeds from the lemons. You could go plant it and build more. And what I would say what most people do with suppliers is they don't allow the lemon, you know, the supplier to be cultivated enough. They don't water enough. They don't spend enough time with it. And they pick at them at the wrong time. And that can go as far deep as calling up suppliers at the wrong time during the day or not giving them enough time to even allow you to get into products and start researching them. And a lot of people think really selfishly in this business, meaning that they're just coming that um, in this business as their point of view. They're not coming to see how can I help out my suppliers? Because let's think about it. You know, suppliers are running their business. They already have active clients. And you come into their business, what are the odds that they have profitable products? No, the odds are high, but are the odds higher that if you work with them for a month, you try to get on their better list, you try to talk to them, hey, what else do you have? What other products can you go source out? As you're watering the lemon, you're now giving it more sunlight, you're giving yourself more opportunities, right? So then now, now a lot of people they'll get from that stage, now a lot of them actually don't get past the stage of like even getting the lemon ripe and be able to squeeze it. So once you're able to squeeze that lemon, that's where money's made. Now that's where you either just stay as a mediocre Amazon seller, a mediocre seller making you know decent money, to being able to build a real business. Because now what I do, you know, I'm always telling people I'm always planting seeds. I'm always you know testing out new things. I'm trying to break things. What I do with my suppliers, I'm always trying to go past that, trying to go see how we can do more. Which what I would say is planting the seeds for that. So you make the lemon to lemonade. You take the seeds, and now you can go make lemonade for life. Um, so try to ask yourself those questions is how are you cultivating the relationship with your supplier? Are you just picking it up right away and trying to squeeze it out and you're getting nothing out of there? That's what most people try to do. No, they just take the lemons, they squeeze it out and nothing comes out. They don't realize, well, maybe you picked it too early. Maybe you didn't cultivate the relationship enough. And now sometimes you can ruin the relationship, right? You can cut open up, you can cut open the lemon and you squeeze it all out and nothing came out and then you're done. And that can happen because sometimes... It's not necessarily that you need to make a good first impression, but sometimes you only get one impression with suppliers. Recap this podcast. I went over about some stereotypes of suppliers, why you should not feel like they're your enemy. Keep it as a win-win situation. Win-win wins only. Um, if you're afraid to talk to suppliers, just practice. Practice makes perfect. You know, Be aware of sleazy sales reps. It's kind of similar to car industry. Understanding that their cost really is not their cost, it's their profit. Assume warehouse people are not the smartest. And remember, there is no magic supplier. So it's Bo Crable here. I'm back on uh, recording podcasts for Straight to the Point. Super excited, but make sure to leave a review. Um, keep me updated. Feel free to follow me on social media and have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode. The feedback has just been tremendous so far. I'm loving it. And I'd love it if you just took the next 30 seconds of your time to do me a quick favor. Please go ahead and leave a five-star rating and drop your number one takeaway 
from this episode inside whatever podcast platform that you're using. This is really just like a virtual pat on the back for me to continue to keep pumping out free content. Thank you so much and see you on the next episode.